0: Hi there, and thanks for joining me for another episode of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I am your host, Alana, and I'm super excited to have you join me today. Today on the podcast, we have one of my closest friends, Mrs. Christmas herself, Heather Bailey. What better way to kick off December than to have her? I have no words. If you know her, then you know she is famous for her Hobby Lobby videos, for her obnoxious um, Christmas pictures and decorations and talking about Christmas way before it's time to talk about Christmas. Um, It's actually how she and I first bonded. I think that it was through, she would post all of these things on Facebook about Christmas in like September. And I'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa calm it all the way down and through our mutual sarcastic humor we became friends and then later just through church things and our kids are the same age and so they have done sports together and they've been in classes together so we've just truly lived life together for the past several years and we've gotten really close through all of it and I love her she is One of the funniest people I know. She is sarcastic. She is funny. She just has the humor that just comes effortlessly out of her. She truly, truly is the queen of Christmas and all things Christmas. And it's just really fun. Now we just give each other a hard time still. But um, I don't know. I've learned to at least accept it. At least a little bit. A little bit. Um, but today on the podcast, she shares her story of, um, healing that the Lord did. The Lord, uh, did a miracle in her life a few years ago. And if you know her, then I have no doubts that you remember all of it. If you do not know her, then let me just tell you, you are in for a treat and, if you are someone this holiday season who just needs to be reminded that god is a healer then i pray that this episode encourages you and reminds you of that and stirs up fresh hope within you to remember that and to stand on the promise that he is a healer it's not just what he does but it's who he is so uh, i hope that you all enjoy it grab a cup of coffee or your favorite drink and join us as we pour it out. Well, good morning, friend. Good morning. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. So, um, we, this is a conversation that I have wanted to have for a while. And last year, I think we had like two different dates set up to record and you got sick one time and my kids got sick one time. And so it just did not work. And then when we tried to think about rescheduling, I have always wanted this to be like a Christmas episode because number one, you are like the queen of Christmas. And number two, um, just because it's a season of hope. And so I think it's important to hear stories of hope and things. Um, And so I wanted, I really wanted that. That was kind of my vision for, when to share your story and it never changed so throughout this past year it was kind of like hey i still want to have you i still want to have you we'll wait we'll wait and so here we are finally getting to sit down and record and i'm so 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 excited because this is one that means a whole lot to me and um so i'm excited to share it so we are recording this. It is October 23rd. And so two years ago, we were kind of in the middle of your, the story that we are going to share today. Um, and so I will, we will back up. It was, um, a few weeks ago. So it was like October. What was it?
1: When I went in the hospital, mm-hmm. it was October 7th. 7th. Okay. 21. So,
0: um, so it would have been the beginning of October, 2021. And I will just pass it over to you and you can tell us.
1: Yeah. So I ended up with COVID obviously. Um, I was, I was diagnosed on the first. I went through the drive through at Adina, and before I could even get out of the driveway, they said you lit up like a Christmas tree. So I was like, super, you know, I'd work in the medical field, um, had gone that whole year with nothing. I didn't even get sick, not once the whole time, but then um, I ended up getting it and getting it very good. Um, I did all the things that you're supposed to get up, move, cough, you know, make sure you were <laughs> keeping your airways clear and stuff. But uh, despite that, I ended up with COVID pneumonia um, pretty fast because that Tuesday, which would have been the 5th, um, I went to my first trip to the ER because my O2 was low and I knew that I was not well. And of course they told me I had pneumonia at the time, told me that there was not much they could do other than get the infusion. Um, but by the time I left there, it was too late to call to get scheduled. So I didn't get in until that Thursday, the seventh, um, supposed to be at nine o'clock in the morning. However, I woke up that morning and, um, unable to breathe i couldn't put my clothes on paul had to literally put every stitch of clothing on me um we barely got out to the car so by the time we got to adina um the nurses came out to get me um for the infusion but um when they put the pulse socks on me i would think i was at that point i was like a 60 or something like that so it's really fun as a medical person to walk into the ER and have a whole team of people <laughs> waiting on you <laughs> when you get there. Um, but yeah, so it was at that point that they started working on me. I was in pretty bad place right at that point. They were able to get me stabilized and even thought that maybe I would go home, um, except that I couldn't pass the six-minute walking test um, for oxygen because that's, that's how they kind of test that stuff. So I earned myself a stay. Um, first couple of days were fine. Um, you know, of course I was on the oxygen, um, but then, uh, infections started setting in. I had various random fun infections that popped up. And so they were treating me for those. And then, um, in the middle of the night, I think it was the second night, uh, is when, uh, the rug, I guess, you know, got pulled out from underneath me and, uh, I was um, not aware of what was going on at the moment. I was very confused because I had no oxygen um, and they put me on a BiPAP and then I was taken to the critical care unit where I got to stay for the next two months. Um, yeah. So, um, from there, um, it was touch and go for a, a, a good while. Um, I'm trying to (laughs) collect all the thoughts and stuff of where I want to go with this Um, because I don't want to go into every single detail. But I ended up um, having an extremely bad night. Um, One night um, physicians came in. They told me that I probably was going to make it through the night. They called my family, um, let Paul know. And of course, if if you guys remember during that time, no family was allowed in. Um, I could have two visitors a day, um, but nobody passed eight o'clock. So of course, (laughs) anything that was going to happen was going to happen in the night. And so I was always alone when things happened. Um, but this, this particular night, I do remember because, um, anybody who's gone through this kind of situation, you just kind of, um, you can't pray you can't think it could because all the all the emotions all the things are coming filling your brain mm-hmm. so you can't make sense of any of it and all i could get out was dear god you know mm-hmm. god you know jesus please you know and stuff and and i can remember in that moment cuz it was a horrific night um they kept trying to vent me i was fighting <laughs> i was a terrible patient um but they i can remember at one point just being like And I, and I remember yelling it and I just yelled out for him and I could feel like this calm and peace that came over. I was almost levitating over my body, looking down at myself, but also feeling cradled at the Mm -hmm. same time. you're like, wow, what is that? Mm -hmm. You know? And then it realized it's like, it's God, it's, he's holding me right now, looking down at myself as they're working. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't get emotional. I didn't expect that. I'm sorry, but I can remember being cradled in that moment.
0: I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, Well, and I think, you know, that night, I remember that night, um, you had sent me a message. It was like, I think it was like 1230 in the morning. Yeah. Um, 12 30, one yeah. o'clock in the morning, you had sent me a message, and then your mom also sent me a message, and it was like, and I don't keep my phone on, but during that time I did. I had left my ringer on and um and I just got a message that was like, pray now. And it was like, um, your mom gave me a little like she was like, they're wanting to intubate her. It's not good, like you need to pray. And I remember I went downstairs and into my basement and I just prayed, like all night long
1: prayed and if i remember correctly wasn't there wasn't there uh, several people up at that time it was like all of a yeah. sudden there was like a mass awakening of people yeah. that were just woke up in that night and everybody yeah. was just praying in it and it i can feel him gently <laughs> it's so crazy because I'm, I'm just gonna say i could feel him gently lay me back down onto the bed and it was like i was all of a sudden coherent again yeah and i could think clearly and i was like telling the nurses. And the physician, who was very angry with me because I was really fighting the intubation. But I was like, just let me fight a little bit longer. It's like, let me see if I can do this. And I can remember I was like, can I talk to my husband? I like, you know, or try to talk to my husband. At this point, I didn't have any voice. I was in such high oxygen, it damaged my vocal cords and stuff. But I was able to manage to tell him. I was like, you know, I was like, you know, I'm fighting them. It's like, but they're telling me that. My chances are slim, and that you know they're probably going to have to intubate at some point during the night and stuff. And and I said, but I'm I'm going to try and fight. And so I remember because i started the long long nights of not sleeping. But I I did, didn't sleep at all. I just focused on my breathing, and I can hear the nurses now in through your nose, out through your mouth. You know that's all I would yell the whole the whole night and stuff. And and I was able to fight through it, and by the morning um, I was somewhat stable where I could relax and stuff. And, um, they kind of had backed off me. I didn't have so much, um, so many people coming in and out at that point. And then my sister arrived and, uh, was really fighting for me too. Um, what you guys don't know is that during this time, Paul was fighting COVID too. Mm-hmm. So he was home with the kids and, He's getting this terrible news about me but he is really feeling bad too um probably worse than he would ever let me know it was but i knew it was bad when he had to send i'm sorry Corey," um instead of him coming that morning um and yeah so um but i think i want to stop just yeah. for a
0: second and just say like i think it's such a neat you know we talk about how you know, when, when people that we love are in situations like that, and we feel like, you know, all we can do is pray, like, that's all we can do. And in the moment, it feels a lot of times so insignificant, Mm -hmm. but to hear you say, like, you know, and I felt him hold me, I felt him, like, I felt his peace. And I I felt him, it's like, knowing that there were so many people praying for you. It's like, that was the result. And so just, you know, just that little nugget of, um, knowing, you know, prayer changes things and prayer is powerful. And even, you know, I wish that I could say that the story ended that night and that you were healed and everything worked, but sometimes that's not how it works. But even in the midst of, it's like prayer really does, it is powerful and it, You know, to hear you talk about like what you were feeling and what you were experiencing. It's such a blessing to hear that.
1: Yeah, it's it's amazing what he did in that time, because there was never any time I had little little moments where I would get upset about the kids and missing them and having a hard time being away from them. But for the most part, I had absolute peace about that it was the strangest thing. Cause you shouldn't, I mean, two months away from your kids, you know, and Mark was in kindergarten, you know, he was still my baby very much. And, um, and he is a mama's boy, hardcore. And, um, he, like I just had total peace about it. I never got upset about it. Um, a very, I didn't even cry. It's funny. I didn't cry until the day I left, but I didn't really cry a whole lot. Um, at all. I might have a little tear to come down, but, um, there was just absolute peace and comfort and knowing that everybody, everything was fine. Everything was being taken care of. I didn't have to stress about things at home. It was just like this God given mm-hmm. peace that you can't, cause not, no, you can't yeah. under normal circumstances, you know? And it was just, um, thankfully because, you know, it was able to focus, getting better and um and fighting and um and I can remember um john James came in remember this was early on so like i still actively had covid you know stuff so he's he had to gown up just like the nurses did to come in and see me but he came in and I'm so grateful he did because we expect god most of the time I think most of us when we want healing we want healing right now mm-hmm. right in this moment and the thing is is he doesn't always work in that way it, you you'll see it gradually along the way and John would talk to me in detail about that he's just like he, he goes you can't he goes it'd be fantastic if we had this you know big moment of just instantaneously mm-hmm. your oxygen started to level out you know infections gone all that stuff he goes but most healing comes in stages and um he goes he was like I'm really believing that that's what's going to happen here and he would pray with me he came in a couple times you know and just he came it was so funny because it was such a god thing because he would come in just the right time because the first time he came in I was I was broken I mean I was I was at that point where I was ready to accept the fact that I was probably going to go, I was trying to talk to my family about my wishes, you know, all those things. And, and of course, nobody wanted to hear any of that. And um, but I was kind of getting to that point where I was like, you know what, maybe maybe I'm supposed to go, maybe this is what's supposed to happen. And John would come in right at that moment, be like, hey, <laughs> you know, sometimes we have to walk through stuff. He's like and. Um, God will walk us through this and you're gonna, and you won't be able to see it until you're on the other side of it, just exactly what has been done. And so I'm grateful for him for that, um, that little bit of hope, you know, and I would get little nuggets of that all the way through. Um, and another particular bad evening, um, Beth was woke up with a song. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows me, they know that Beth, um, when she opens her mouth, it speaks <laughs> into, deep into my soul. I was like, Beth, and it's always been that way from the time I was a, a young teenager. When we first, you know, we start going to Open Door, I was fourteen, and of course, you know, as a teenager, you're kind of in and out, you know, of the church life, you know, because you know I'm fourteen and. Mm-hmm. I'm influenced by my friends and, um, but it didn't matter what was going on. If Beth opened her mouth (laughs) and sang a beautiful song, I was a puddle of, you know, water um, beneath her feet. I just, she, her voice can just speak to my soul like nobody else. So God used her in that moment, just a little song that I would, and it sent to me and I would play over and over and over again. And those just dark hours, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, nobody else is around and you're feeling very lonely. Those, those are the things, the little nuggets, um, you, um, others who would send little scriptures to me every day, um, just about encouragement and healing and believing and all, you know, having all the hope and faith in the Lord. And so it was those things that I would grab, grab onto, but then there would be, the big things. And I guess we can go into that. Um,
0: So you had the really bad night and then. I
1: had several. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that first one. It was a a roller coaster. It was a roller coaster. And that's, you know, it,
0: it pops up on my Facebook memories. And, you know, there was one, I think the first one, it was the ninth and it was um, a day that one of my other really good friends, she got married, and we were Raindre and I were in North Carolina. I was a bridesmaid. He was officiating the wedding, and um, you know, this was a wedding that we had believed for for decades. I mean, she just we believed for a spouse for her. We believed that <laughs> the Lord was going to come through, and all the things, and. It was her wedding day and we were in North Carolina and that was the first night that was, it was like not, it, it was, it was when you started to get really, really bad. And, um, I remember it was the first day that I didn't hear from you in the morning. And because every morning, you know, I would text and be like, how are you? Whatever. And you would check in with me and that morning I didn't hear back from you. And I was like, why am I not hearing back? And so I remember I reached out to your mom and she was like, she had a really rough night. We haven't gotten any information yet. And so that whole day I'm trying, I'm like, you know, my heart is just torn. And we, we talk, I talk a lot about, you know, holding grief and joy at the same time or sadness and happiness and all the things at the same time. And that day, like, I remember that tension of being like so excited for her, but so terrified for you. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, Lord, I need your peace. I mm-hmm. need to know that you are with her, that, you know, whatever, all the things. And um, and so, you know, then it was like a few days later, you had a really, really good day. <laughs> and so it had popped up in my memories just like last week that it was like, it was really a day. Thank you so much, everybody, for praying for my friend Heather. She's had a great day. Da, 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 da. And then little did I know it was going to be like, oh no roller coaster and so um it was such a roller coaster um for such a long time um but then every time at least from my perspective from from my outward looking you know it was like every time there would be that nose dive deep down it was like every single time the Lord would meet you mm-hmm. and there would be, there would be those nuggets of hope or those nuggets of like, just those I'm here, I'm mm-hmm. with you. I've mm-hmm. got you. Mm-hmm. I'm not leaving. I'm right here. And I just, I love that about him. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so you never did get intubated. No,
1: right? no, I was able to fight that off, um, that's a God thing too, because I had one, one particular doctor who was just bound and determined to, to intubate me. Um, so after they found out that I had, I also had, not, my thought process was that it was just a couple of days after I went to the critical care unit that I had the blood clots, but it was actually a little bit later. And this is where my memories get a little jumbled because. Because of the lack of oxygen, I don't. My memories are a little skewed. Um, I don't remember exactly, so I have to thank goodness that you kept this diary for me because it it did kind of pull things together. But I ended up with the um blood clots in both lungs, uh, so they were really wanting to intubate me to, and and they their reasoning was, was just to give my body a chance to relax. And mm-hmm. so I wasn't fighting so hard cause I was causing a lot of strain on my heart. <clears throat> and, um, but the thing was, is I kept moving. So even though I was as bad off as I was, I would in the mornings when they would come in, I would get up out of my, out of my bed with their help and transfer to a chair. Um, and it took a lot of effort and I would have to recover, you know, after just those couple steps. And if I needed to go to the restroom, that was the other thing, is I would take those couple steps um for that as well. And um so I, I would at least try to make myself do things so you know I could improve. And I had a um pulmonary specialist who came in because they were they were Trying to convince me that I needed to go on it. But then once he saw me in the chair, he (laughs) kind of questioned that and was like, how are you in the chair? And I was like, well, with the help of a nurse, I was, Mm -hmm. you know, I could take a few steps and get to the chair. So I have to recover. I was like, but, you know, I can get here. And he just says, well, my lady he goes then you don't need intubation do you and he walked out and i never saw them again <laughs> and they never never asked to intubate me ever again so <laughs> i felt like that was a god thing um right there is that you know there was somebody um who was even above that position that yeah. could come in and be like if she's able to do that and able to function like that then there's no reason you know for her to be intubated so no i never ended up intubated um I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It. Um, yeah. Oh, but it was shortly after that. That's what it was. Um, that I once again had a bad night. You know, same old song and dance in the middle of the night. And um, this time, though, it was affecting my heart. Um, I was going in and out of AFib and then, um, my, they couldn't keep my oxygen levels up. There was just, you know, several different things every day. It was a new infection, um, coming from somewhere in my body. So my labs were just horrific. And honestly, I think they were just kind of waiting for the organ failure to start and stuff. And, um, so I was at the point where it was like, either God's going to have to move or I'm going, I am going to pass away. There was no There was no gray area with this. Um, so I had, was talking to Corey because I was trying to convince people that I needed to tell them my wishes about what was, you know, what I wanted for the kids, what I wanted um, for Paul and all those things and stuff. And she was absolutely not hearing it. Um, and I guess in that moment where I was, kind of an acceptance of what was happening. Um, my dad receives a call, um, for Dr. Phillips and he's aware of what was going on. He says, I want you to get in touch with this physician, um, in town and, um, he may not be home, but maybe he can give you some advice on what needs to be done next. And, um, so dad calls Dr. Thurston. Dr. just happens to be in town. Go figure. He'd been traveling all over <laughs> the United States, um, helping hospitals with COVID patients. He was doing all the things and he just happened to be in town lucky for us, but he also happened to be in town with another gentleman who happened to have the medicine that I needed. Um, so he did all the things that needed to be done to make up, um, the concoction that needed to be given to me. And, um, Paul got it, brought it in and, um, it was in lotion form. I started rubbing it on my legs and on my feet and doing all the things. And, um, a couple days after that, um, my labs came back and they had stabilized. It was the first time that they could come in and say, no changes. This is a good thing. And then a few days after that, it was, oh, look, there's a slight improvement. In the meantime, another family friend, um, from the church, um, happened to have the actual medication on hand and was able to give it to dad. And, um, I started taking it and this is, and I, I know that a lot of you probably know what this medication is. It is ivermectin and stuff, but I want to make sure that I'm very clear on this. This is not a political statement in any way, shape or form. This is, um, this is just
0: your story my
1: story and um this is giving glory to god this is not about yeah. any covid because it can be such a hot button topic yeah. and i don't yeah. want to make it that it was ivermectin and and just to be clear we had asked my physicians about it because at this point we knew that i was going to pass if something didn't happen. And I was like, well, it's a possibility of trying it just to see if it would work, you know, cause we've been hearing things about it. And <clears throat> they were, of course, their hands are tied because <clears throat> there is a protocol that they have to follow. I understand this being in the medical field. There is a protocol. This is what, we're. this is how they're training it. This is what we have to follow. So yes, I went rogue, <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> and they were able to give me this medication. But within 24 hours of actually taking the oral medication, my lab started improving. A couple of days after starting the medication, they were able to start lowering my oxygen levels and I was staying at a at a normal level. And they would just gradually start taping me um from that. Um that's all God. Yeah. And it was in his timing. Um And I love that I have these people in my life who are fighting for me too, and hear from God Mm -hmm. and that are able to help and assist in these things. Um, So I give all, all all this is, you know, for God, it's not about a medication. This is about how God moves and how he can use things, you know, in our lives. And, um, and that's what I needed. I don't know if it was needed for everybody else, but, you know, I'm just gonna say this is what helped me. Yeah. Um, And that I was able to get over that hump. I still had hurdles. This was not the, the yeah. <laughs> big miracle, you know, Lazarus moment, you know, this was, hey, we're on the other side of this hill and stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're moving, you know, forward and, and towards something you know, better now. And um it was amazing and uh to see God move. And then the other part of that story is is to watch um the nurses. So I had the same group of nurses the entire time I was in there. It was the same five, you know. Um of course you guys know they're they do three Most of them did three on and then, you know, would have several days off and stuff. But I had the same literal five group of nurses. Um, and you could watch the change in their faces when Mm -hmm. they came in to see me and, um, they would talk about the miracle Mm -hmm. in 216A Mm -hmm. and, you know, because everybody on that unit died. I got to witness it. I got to live through it. You yeah. got to watch them take them out and everything. I mean, like I knew uh, when somebody had passed because it would be hours before somebody came in. And of course, you know, they call the codes and everything. So you, you, you know, everything that's going on there, especially if you've been there for any length of time. So <laughs> you would start getting the nurses coming in and um, just smiling and saying, you made it, you know, and um talking about wow god must be really watching over you yeah. and all the you know all, you start hearing all these things so and so-
0: well yeah and i remember like you know you talking about like the nurses got to see that and everything and then not too long after you started getting at least a little bit better like your room became like A safe space
1: for them. It did, it did. Well, because you know me, I have a wicked sense of humor and kind of dark sense of humor too, and and I wanted to be doing for myself at that point. Like I thought, if I had goals, I had to meet. You know that it would be better for me, so I made them in some ways. Be like, let me be responsible for this. Please don't, you know, send. Yeah somebody in every time I needed to go to the restroom and stuff like that. Cause at this point, you know, it took a lot of effort and my oxygen would drop and stuff, but they were able to radio in because I had bells and wires everywhere, everywhere. Um, So it would alert them if my oxygen dropped and stuff and they were ready to be able to bake Heather. And I'd be like, it's okay, I just went to the bathroom. (laughs) You know, know, so, um, so what they started doing was putting the charge nurse um, on my room and of course you know that she has a lot of duties or he has a lot of duties in in some cases um and so like, if they needed a break they would come to my room and we would just talk nonsense yeah. you know i had christmas i mean it's october i had christmas going m- movies going on in my room because well there was nothing else left to do so we we watched you know the Hallmark Christmas channel all day long <laughs> and stuff and I would just, you know, talk nonsense and um well, just and then, try to be as normal as possible yeah. living in that environment. And um and they knew that if I was calling them that I actually really, really needed them, it yeah. wasn't just, you know, and stuff because I tried to do as much as for myself as I possibly could. Um
0: well and then you even like went a step further and like you bought them pizza and yeah i was really loved on them
1: i really loved on them it's it was not an easy job yeah. i could see it i could see it in their faces um they're exhausted they are they are all the things yeah i mean they were just watching patient pass yeah time and time i mean there was always somebody passing on each one of their shifts, always somebody. Yeah. And, um, and that, that has to wear, you. that wears yeah. on you heavily. And, you know, I had several of them admit, you know, cause they would, some of them would just drop by and peek in the window just as they were starting their shift and being like, give me the thumbs up. Cause they were just so glad to see that I was still fighting and that I was still doing it because they hated looking at the board and then realizing somebody's off the board. Yeah. Well, you know what that means. So, yeah. um,
0: well, and I love it because it's, you know, we talk a whole lot about like, you know, Romans eight twenty eight you know, he works all things together for the good. And like, to me, that's an example of that. Like here you are in the midst of this awful situation and you're still healing, you know, you're still going through. Mm-hmm the roller coaster of things, you know, you're stable with your breathing, but then you had other things that popped up and, and everything. But in the midst of all of that, he's using you being there for the good, because your, your light, you know, him in you is, shining so bright so they're able you know you are this like living breathing example of hope that they have to hold on to of like okay i had you know all of these other patients who didn't make it off but she is still here and they're watching you get stronger by the day and then on top of that your room becomes a safe space for them to just kind of like breathe and laugh and you know all the things and then you like thank are able to thank them Mm -hmm, and are able mm -hmm. to show the gratitude of like here have dinner on me or here you know and I just think like looking at it in that way of like just the different ways like the Lord's working physically in you but then he's also like working to bring hope and joy to them Mm -hmm. and it's just like how good is he to be able to do all of that and to work all things together for the good like using while you're still in there he's going to use you to bring joy he's going to bring you use you to bring hope to use you to bring peace to these people that need it um because they are exhausted in every way possible. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, you have no idea what these yeah. nurses went through um, during that time. Um, I had one in particular. Um, I had gone to the rehab. Um, it was actually the day after I arrived. And there have been lots of uh, people in and out um, just kind of let me know what was going to be happening you know, throughout the day. Well... It was towards, it was probably, usually most everything settles down around four or five o'clock there in in the facility and stuff, but it was around five o'clock and a nurse walked in and I was like, oh, I was like, well, here, you know, I was just ready for whatever was next. And he introduced himself. He was a super young guy. And he says, I'm sorry. He goes, um, I really shouldn't be down here. He's like, but I just need to come meet you. And I just kind of looked at him funny. I was like, okay. He says, I work in. Um, the emergency room here, I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, he goes, I'll just tell you because I'm, he goes, I got out of nursing school and, um, 2020 and he started his job at Riverside and COVID hit. And so he was one of the nurses who got hit with that first round of COVID early on. Um, and he, said he worked for a year there and he lost every single patient, every single one. He didn't have one that made it. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, Oh my gosh, how to start out your career right. in nursing. You know, you start <laughs> nursing during the pandemic and then every single one of your patients pass. Yeah, I mean, what a toll that's going to take on you. And, um, And it did because obviously he was at Greenfield and he said that he just couldn't take it. He said, I, he goes, I didn't want to do nursing at all anymore. At this point, he's like, I'm just, I was so done. He says, but I chose to hang in there. He goes, but I was like, I have to get out of here though. And so he chose to work in Greenfield. ER, which I'm sure it's just mostly broken arms and, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, burns and, you know, little, little things, you know, I'm sure that they do have some major things that come through, but for the most part, it's a very, very small ER and stuff. And it would probably be a lot quieter <laughs> at Riverside, but he said, I just needed to come see the person who made it. Yeah. He goes, they've been talking about you all over the place. Mm-hmm. He's like talking about how bad you were and how you shouldn't be here and all those things. And he, yet yeah, here you are. Because goes, and I just needed me to see the girl that lived. Yeah. And I can remember being dumbfounded at that moment. And I wish <laughs> that I had had all the words at that point to mm-hmm. just pour into him and be like, I didn't do anything God did. He, could, But at the moment, I was just frozen. Yeah, I didn't have any words for him. And I just was like, I'm so sorry. I I just felt so bad for him. And then to be overwhelmed with the fact that I needed to come see the girl who lived mm-hmm. was a little even more jolting for me (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) my okay um so yeah i mean god definitely used my situation for these people and uh and i'm glad for that because in that time i didn't feel like i was being encouragement at all i felt like i was just trying to get through each day you Mm -hmm. know just trying to improve and get better and i i wasn't thinking about witnessing you know in in that moment i I have regrets at that because i wish i could have witnessed to this you know young guy you know in that moment but but then i think too like i mean
0: maybe he didn't that's not what he needed
1: maybe he just needed to see the girl who see that and i think
0: sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves of like i should have done more i could have done more i you know all the things but we have no idea Uh -uh. how impactful things are Mm -hmm. and the lord knows the lord knew what he needed and he gave that to him yeah and so
1: what was amazing is during that time um that i was there there was another gentleman um the Rehab girls were telling me all about him. They're like, Hey, there's another guy here. He's like, We've got two because we cannot believe we've got two of you guys. He was on a vent. <laughs> He'd been on a vent for three months. um The doctors had no hope for him. Told his wife to go ahead and, you know, turn off life support the whole nine yards. You know, he's not going to make it, you know, and, and stuff. And she held firm onto her faith. She's like, No, the Lord is going to heal him. He's, you know, he's going to make it. We're not you know doing this and um he did wake up and he was off oxygen altogether within a week of being coming off the vent.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And was had just been moved to the rehab center. I mean that's how quickly mm-hmm. from coming off a vent to that that he he came off of that and um they're like The girls came and caught me. They're like, you have to come see this. You know, Heather, you have to come see this. And, you know, I'm like, okay. You know, so I went down to um, the workout room where, you know, they do all, you know, rehab fun things. And I got to watch this man for the first time in three months get up out of his wheelchair and walk. Uh And he walked the whole length of the bars and then they have you walk backwards and then sideways in different in different ways all the way to the length he did it all in one his first try first try he was exhausted after <laughs> yes. but he did it and um and then they brought him over to, to introduce them to me because um and we were chatting it up and you know it turns out that they are of a family of faith and she says we were just she goes our church you know everybody was just praying for him and she goes and i just knew that mm-hmm. he was going to wake up she's like the lord told me he was going to wake up and here he was and i'm just like
0: wow yeah
1: you were on a vent and but you know and they kept going but you were bad too and i'm like but you were on event it's <laughs> like and look at you i was like i'm still gonna have to wear oxygen and look at you you're not even <laughs> have oxygen on and um so that was also amazing to watch and the whole staff got to see that too because they had even said that they had not had as bad cases as us be able to come to the rehab center because most of them did you know unfortunately pass and stuff and So so
0: with that let's back up just a little bit so you you were in the hospital you so you were there and then you ended up going to a rehab mm-hmm. went
1: and, and went to a um, Greenfield rehab mm-hmm. facility. Yeah.
0: And, but you only ended up being there mm-hmm. just a few
1: days. Yeah. I was, I was really, I got there. <laughs> this is, this is going to be a fun, just a little, little thing. <laughs> when I arrived that night, um, they had, well, first let me back up because this was an amazing thing that happened is, um, The same group of nurses who um, were there when I went in to the critical care unit happened to be there the day I left. So, of course, they're all teary-eyed and just like, I cannot, you know, they're like, I'm so excited you're leaving, but we're sad you're leaving and all these things. And I'm like, and I had mixed emotions, too, Mm -hmm. because there's this part of you is kind of, you kind of got used to this and you're like terrified to leave because it's like, what What if if something something happens when I get home, you know, and um, so but as I went to leave and, and mind you, this was the evening, it was like seven or eight o'clock in the evening. Um, they went to wheel me out of the building. Um, and the entire floor is lined with all the nurses cheering oh my goodness. and clapping and yelling and just, you know, all the things as I, I left the facility, talk about tearjerker. Mm-hmm. I was in, um, so you know that was an amazing moment for me but i could also tell they needed that too yeah like it was it was both ways it wasn't honest like you're leaving but you're not leaving you know you're just going to rehab girl and then you get to go home you know it was a whole excitement thing and um and i got there and then um over to the rehab center (laughs) this is just a funny thing it's like, you know, they put me in a room with three elderly women. <laughs> and they were all on their cell phones yelling <laughs> at their loved ones. And he, trying to hang up the phones. <laughs> Can't hang up the phones. I mean, it was just hilarious. You had to just sit there and laugh <laughs> because it was just, you know, the funniest, you know, room to ever be put in. But I ended up um, being moved into uh, a room by myself, but that's when I, um, met with all the physicians and he, and he kind of broke my heart at first because I thought, oh, you know, I'm only going to be here just for a few days and, and I'll be able to go home and stuff. And he was like, oh, whoa, whoa. He's like, oh, he goes, I can't promise you you're going to be home for Thanksgiving. He goes, maybe Christmas. He goes, but I can't even promise you that. So I was a little jolted, you Mm -hmm. know, in that moment. Um, And I was like, what do you mean? I have to be home at Christmas. You guys don't understand. It's like Thanksgiving is one thing, but Christmas, girlfriend's going to be home. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so devastated to hear that. But yeah, I was blessed enough that um, um, I was slow at everything, but I was able to do everything myself. Um, And the only thing they were concerned about is me going up and down stairs, um, because anywhere in direction into my home is a set of stairs. So mm-hmm. that was something that worried them is that I wouldn't have the oxygen to make it up the stairs. So that's what I ultimately, why I was there. <coughs> it wasn't because I couldn't move around mm-hmm. and function. Okay. By my eating. Well, it wasn't really by myself, but you always had to have somebody there, but, um, that I was physically able to do it. And then, so we had to practice the stairs. So I got lucky enough that I was only there four days. So I went in on a Monday, came home on a Friday and, uh, um, the bust out was amazing. Uh (laughs) Um, I, and that is when I lost it as we pulled away and I could still see, there was still i was lucky enough because you know i missed a whole season i missed all of fall mm-hmm. i remember being being devastated the first time i was able to go walk and i asked the nurse i was like she's like do you want to try and walk and i was like i would love to i just want to move get out of here something she's like okay she goes well, what do you want to do i was like can i go to a window i want to see the foliage and she was just like oh baby She goes, well, we can go to the window she goes but there's not going to be much she goes you've kind of that's all done. And I'm like, I missed fall, no. all of fall. <laughs> She's like, Oh girl. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Which, oh.
0: that year we didn't have much of a fall.
1: Well, I, if you remember, there was a really bad storm yeah. at one point. And I think that took out yeah. all the leaves at one night because I remember being <laughs> in the room and they were, they were putting beds out into the hallway and they're like, Hey, cause you know, my bed was somewhat close to a window, but, and they're like, um, we'll wait till the last minute to move you because of all your equipment. And I'm like, I don't even care. It's fine. <laughs> you know? I just remember that being, cause there were alarms going mm-hmm. off everywhere in the hospital and stuff. And, and I'm sure that that's what took out most of the leaves yeah, and stuff. But we, <clears throat> I, I
0: remember that year. And cause I remember talking to you and saying like, you didn't miss too much because it,
1: Oh, it I was wasn't. broken. I was broken. I was like, I can't believe I missed a season. How do mm-hmm. you miss a season? But, um, but she did take me to the window and it was, you know, November and gray and yeah. there wasn't much on the trees, yes. <laughs> but yes. But this particular day that I went home, it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It was like 65 out, um, sunny and um, there was still in Greenfield there because, you know, if you've ever seen that, the hospital there, it's like. It's in the middle of a neighborhood, you know, and stuff, but there were still some leaves, you know, golden leaves, red leaves and stuff still kind of present. And of course they were filling the ground, you know, all around and stuff. So I just fell apart. That was Mm -hmm. the first time I allowed myself to really just, I mean, I got angry during my stay and stuff, but God never let me fall apart. That was the one thing. And I'm grateful for because he kept my wits about me because I think if that had been the case, I don't know that we could be here talking about this, you know, he allowed me to have my wits about me, you know, to be calm, peaceful, you know, throughout all of it. Um, not that I didn't get scared at times, but, um, it was never so overwhelming. Yeah. I never got to that just overwhelming sadness. Yeah. You know, and of course nobody else would let me get there either. So that was that was a good thing. Um, So you go home and you walk into what? (gasps) The most glorious scene you've ever (laughs) seen in your entire life. I came home to Christmas in my house. Yeah, okay, it was the Friday before Thanksgiving, y'all. But my family knew how much I needed that. Mm And so my entire family, both sides, Paul's family and, um, my own family came and completely put up Christmas in my house. Um, it was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So Paul was really excited to bring me into the house. Um, and I made it up the stairs with no issues. That was a blessing in itself. And, um, We stopped at McDonald's and got me a sweet tea. (laughs) I'm just like, I want something other than water. (laughs) No, I just remember just being, it being absolutely heavenly. And Mm -hmm. my sister had taken my boys because they didn't know I was coming home. And they, she had taken them to the um, downtown open Christmas open house where the tree lighting and, and stuff. And so she had taken them to that. And, um, and then they came home to me and that was heavenly and, uh, mm-hmm. I got to hold them and love on them and all the things It was absolutely amazing. And then, um, then comes the weird stuff, you know, the things that probably nobody really talks about. Um, and that is, I guess what you would call survivor's guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, cause with that, you know, um, everybody was, Oh, you're a miracle. Look at, you're just a miracle. My father died. <laughs> you know, but you made it and that's amazing and mm-hmm. you know look at, you know all the miracles and everything and i was like and there was it, it was a miracle it was yeah. a miracle that i'm here it is a miracle i give all the glory to god for that the devil will use anything yeah. against yeah. you and i was ashamed and embarrassed at any time anybody would mention and i know <laughs> you because you caught it a couple mm-hmm. of times um i think we were at the christmas program and i gotten overwhelmed with that. A lot of people were coming up and, you know, saying things like that. And it was, I was embarrassed. It was a weird, mm-hmm. it was a weird feeling and stuff. And, um, when I, and I devil is just awful. I mean, he will just use anything yeah. and everything against you to steal that glory, to steal his, what he's done, in yeah. our lives and stuff and i just um and i still struggle with it sometimes cuz you know it'll still come up from time to time and you kind of get a little taken back by it and i'm like no
0: yeah
1: no it has nothing really to do with me it has everything to do with him
0: yeah
1: I and mean, you know it's his glory yeah it's his you know he did this not me you know and um so i have to remind myself often and i think a lot of people are plagued with that too yeah um, why me? Yeah, and not them, you know. And you can and play we'll that game. No, and you well, can play that game. Yeah, you know, a million times over.
0: Yeah, and we'll never understand. You know, we'll, that's something that we'll never know or never understand the side of heaven. And you know, it's the the age old question of like, why do bad things happen to good people? And why do good things happen to bad people? And why do some people get healed and some people don't? And some people, you know, it's just all the things. And at the end of the day, like God is sovereign and he knows, and we will understand, maybe not until we get into eternity, Mm -hmm. but we will understand someday it will be made clear to us. And, you know, I think, and the thing that I have told you over and over and over is that, 100%. It's not about you. Like Mm -mm. people need Mm -mm. hope. And when they're able to, you know, look at you and see, you know, you are a physical representation that God still heals. Yes. You are a physical representation that God still does miracles. And so, you know, it's not about you.
1: It's about what he did in you. Mm -hmm. And so. And he's still doing. Yeah. I mean, I've only been off oxygen. Would we say seven months now yeah um continuous oxygen i should yeah. say um about seven months um i still need oxygen at night i still have to wear a bipap at night um but i am stronger it's like you don't realize how much you've been healed like i could yeah. i could say now i started working at the school this year that's yeah. a new thing full time um was worried about that concerned about how i was going to be able to do it i have more energy than i had the last two years than i do right now i have more energy my lung capacity is so much better um all the things i can't even i could go on and on and on Mm -hmm. um because there was so much healing that still needed to be done when i came home yeah there was a lot i still had various different things i still have some issues, um, that God is working on. And I know he's working on them because it's getting better and healing doesn't always, like I said, it's been two years. I'm still in the healing process. He's still working in me. He's still doing the things. He's still very much aware of where I'm at and what, you know, needs to be done still. And it's going in stages, you know, and, and I want people to realize that, not all healing is something that's going to happen in that one day. It does. And that's amazing. Yeah. But in a lot of cases, it's going to come Yeah, and in, in time, and, slowly in time.
0: And also, I think, too, um, you know, last year, I remember, well, I guess it would be this year, um, the beginning of this year you were still on oxygen yeah
1: and yeah
0: I remember you being you know I remember specifically when you had gone to a doctor's appointment and you called me that last summer and you <clears throat> were so discouraged mm-hmm. and so defeated and just so like they say I'm not gonna get off oxygen and this is just my new norm and I just need to you know whatever and you know I remember us talking and saying like look what he already did like he mm-hmm can do this we believe that he can do this and he will and now here you are without it right and it's like you know so the things that still need to happen you know he still is working and this time next year we will be able to look and say look at that look it's yeah i had
1: um and right what see god is great because when that happened that was actually last summer that they put me back on oxygen i had been off of it temporarily Mm -hmm. for a while before that but then we found when I went to take a six minute walking test that I actually was just functioning with low oxygen and that was not yeah. good. It was causing strain on my heart. Um, so they wanted me to go back on it. And I was, I was so upset, so upset. Um, I called Paul just bawling. I was just, I was angry. I was all the things. And then, um, and I'd spoke to you and others and stuff. And I was just like, well, this is just is what it is. I went to church that Sunday, I had two people two whom I trust and believe that they hear from the Lord that who both came up to me and was like, you know, you've just accepted where you're at. And that's not what he wants. You got to push through. You got to continue to pray. You got to continue to ask for these things. You got to push through this. You got to get rid of whatever is in your head about you know what you're feeling about this. You know this was a setback, but you need to push through. And then here we are, another year later, and I am off oxygen, and everything is good. And um, so you just have to. Sometimes we just need to pause and redirect our thoughts. You know,
0: hundred percent. 100%. Okay, so the last thing um, with your story in particular was um, there was a point, I honestly don't even remember when it was, it's probably maybe halfway through, maybe not even quite halfway through, where I felt like the Lord told me to start writing things down. And so I had gone back through text messages and conversations with your parents and Facebook posts from your parents and different things. And I wrote things down from that point. And then I continued to document the journey, um, the rest of the way and you brought it this morning, which really blessed me. And, um, we were just kind of chatting a little bit. And I think so many times, you know, I think it's important to have something like this, that you can look back and just see where the Lord brought you. Because Mm -hmm. um, for you, there's a lot that you don't remember Mm -hmm. and a lot that those little details Mm -hmm. that you don't remember. No,
1: there was so much out of sequence. I mean, my body was starved of oxygen. So of course your brain you're not functioning in a yeah. normal thermal. So, I mean, I really it was all over the place. Like I was shocked because in my head <clears throat> from the time that I went into the critical care unit, I thought that they found out just within a couple of days that I had blood clots. No, it was like a whole week and a half mm-hmm. later, but in my memories, it was just a couple of days. So there's this whole, um, I'm missing a lot. And so I do rely on family members and I I relied on this to, Mm -hmm. to remind, like I remember it when I read it, but everything is so out -hmm. of sequence.
0: Um, And so I just, I want to read the, the opening mm -hmm. um, entry to this journal. um, Just because I think it's, it's good and something to remember for all of us, you know, Um, well, I'll just read it. It says in Joshua four, the Lord tells Joshua to have men from each of the 12 tribes to gather stones and set them up as a memorial as they cross the Jordan river. So he does. In Joshua four, uh, verses six through seven, it says, we will use these stones to build a memorial in the future. Your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan river stopped flowing when the ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. I said, just like them, we have stones too, markers that we look back to see, that we look back and see the Lord's hand of provision, healing, restoration, etc. As I prayed for you, I felt like I was supposed to start documenting this journey, not so you can look back and see the bad, but so you can see the Lord's hand, not just in the big miracle of your healing but in the million little miracles that happen throughout the journey, I pray it encourages you and that you will be able to use it to tell your children and grandchildren and great grandchildren all about how good and faithful your God is. And I, um, I love that. I love that because I, for me personally, it's, it's, I forgot that I wrote that part, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's encouraging to know that, Like I said, I don't even know that we were halfway through the journey when he told me to do this. And it was like, I just had such a confidence from the very beginning. Mm -hmm, Like mm -hmm. There wasn't like, if you are healed, it was like, I knew you were going to be healed. I knew that he was going to do it. And I knew that there were going to be a million little miracles along the way. And so all of that is true. And Mm -hmm. so that's um, encouraging for me, but also just, you know, just a little... Thing for all of you listening, you know it is true. You know we have those. I have in my journal, like there are things that I document that are big that I'm like I don't want to ever forget this. That I need to know, and that that are those stones of remembrance and and those memorial stones that we have. That those times where when we feel so lost from the Lord, or we feel like I don't know what's going on, or I can't hear you, or I can't. You know, Bill Johnson has a, uh, he's a pastor out in California, and he has a quote, it's my favorite quote of, When you can't see God and you can't hear him, or when you can't even feel him, you can remember. And he talks about how, like, when you remember the things he's done, it stirs up your faith to believe for the present. And so, this is just my encouragement to write things down, write things down in your life, write things down in, in the people. If you have someone who's going through an extended illness or an extended, you know, crisis or something, write things down, document things um, so that they can go back and look so that you can go back and look and see the faithfulness of the Lord and see his hand in all of it. Um, Cause it's powerful. Um, so, to end this, you would not be Heather if we did not talk about Christmas. Oh, Christmas. It's my favorite. And we will, you would not be Heather if we did not talk about Hobby Lobby and Christmas. So <laughs> please note that this is being recorded on October 23rd. So the story that you're about to hear is from October.
1: <laughs> and?
0: And it's not even Thanksgiving Heather and, and this is my side note. This is where our friendship started. Listen, (laughs) our friendship started on the basis of, she would post the, somehow we became Facebook friends. I don't even know, but she would post all these stupid, like Christmas memes in like August and I'm like, Whoa, (laughs) it is not Christmas yet. And I am very adamant, like. You don't decorate until the day after Thanksgiving.
1: Says who? Says. Because October 31st is coming. Midnight, October 31st.
0: No, there's Thanksgiving. You're Christmas. missing. A, you just talked about missing a whole season of life. <laughs> I did. There, I is season. Season. there is a whole season. There's a whole season. There's a whole season of Thanksgiving. <laughs> and I am super sentimental. And Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. And people just want to pass over it and skip to Christmas. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> so... October 23rd. And this happened last week.
1: No, it was this week. This was Friday. It was Friday. All
0: right. Well, I'll tell your story.
1: So Friday I got to go to Hobby Lobby. (laughs) It's my favorite place in the whole entire world. And as soon as I walk in, you do you guys, some of you may have followed me on Facebook when I do my Facebook lives, where I'm in Hobby Lobby. But before I even got sick, there was a, um, a Grinch and Max there's outdoor big giant Grinch and Max and I went all over Columbus everywhere searching for this Grinch and Max because well I needed him and I just I just needed him well this year I walked into Hobby Lobby and guess what I found the matching tree mm. that goes outside <laughs> I found it it is glorious, you guys. I cannot wait for you guys to see it. Maybe I'll post it on Facebook when you do all this. But um,
0: oh, I'm sure it'll be like <sighs> waiting for that. Yeah.
1: So I put it. You know, I got it because I had a gift card. I have to make this real clear because Paul was not happy with me. Um, but I had a gift card, and um, I I, can't <laughs> I wish you guys could have seen his face when I pulled in. <laughs> He's already irritated because it's raining and we have a ton of groceries and stuff to bring in. And all of a sudden, popping out from you know the side of the van is this, you know, giant, you know, gr- you know, tree. Whimsical Whoville tree. Oh that my. Comes out Oh my. And he does that look on his face and utter disgust and anger. <laughs> So fantastic. she says, I got a gift card. I had a gift card. <laughs> I had a gift card. <laughs> I had a gift card. I had a gift card. Oh, oh my goodness. it was so fantastic. But yes, I was very excited. Now I will say, cause you know, everybody keeps talking about how obnoxious I've been. Some of that has changed a little bit since I was sick. I think things were brought into perspective a little bit mm-hmm. and there's not as much of the obsession. I'm not saying that I'm not obsessed. I'm probably more <laughs> obsessed than the average person, but it's tamed down a little bit. And I have come to appreciate that time of Thanksgiving because it is. And Bless uh,
0: the Lord. Look at that well, little miracle. That little happened.
1: miracle happened right there. Yes. You know, cause you guys know I came home the Thursday before Thanksgiving. So I actually got to celebrate Thanksgiving with my entire family and I got to see everybody and, um, that was a blessing. And so I, I really do hold Thanksgiving yes. a special place in my heart, yes. right. You know, since all this happened and, and it was, it was incredible too, because it was the time of Thanksgiving yeah. when I came home. Yeah. So I do. And, and we did, we gave thanks yeah for all the blessings and all the miracles that happened during that time. And then continue to happen yeah. still to this day. So I've backed off a little bit, a little bit, you can
0: and I've and you can I've, talk
1: to Kim Beatty about that because I may have already bought some stuff for the <laughs> office that I brought in and she was like, oh, my goodness. So And
0: I've calmed down a little bit too. I when you were in the hospital, I brought you, <gasps> you brought me a Christmas basket of goodies and it was in like October. it
1: was October. <laughs> But you found them at Hobby Lobby. I did.
0: Because <laughs> I went to Hobby
1: Lobby in October
0: to, to get, me get Christmas stuff out. for me. And I remember <laughs> saying, um, our friend Whitney, who was in life group with us, she went with me. And I remember telling her, this is one of the little miracles that Heather's going to talk about one day. Is that Alana <laughs> got Christmas <laughs> stuff in October and encouraged me to decorate <laughs> in October. And... <laughs> But it was the one time that I was like, maybe well, she needs this Christmas spirit, so let's <laughs> give it to her and maybe it'll help her get better faster. <laughs> and so now um, I've at least. Yeah. Although it's October and I'm a little annoyed that you did that, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, so what is the Lord speaking to you right now, Miss Heather?
1: goodness. I would say that that there's a few things. I just think um, in this time right now that we're seeing with the things going on in Israel and you know, is to keep our eyes fixed right now. I feel like that's very, very important that if you are um, on the fence or just not fully immersed in his word that you need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that we really need to be focused on him. Keep our eyes fixed, trust him in everything. Um, and really just dive into the word and be in and and um be in prayer. Yeah. You know, for our country you know, for our country, for, you know, our world, Israel, all the things. I just um uh, Right now, I think that's where I'm at. And I think a lot of people are probably in this mm-hmm. state, especially as we're walking through this, you know, uh, that would just need to be really fixed on him. Yeah. Uh, this time. So
0: well, we did it.
1: We did. Just two years. That's okay. <laughs> Cause I'm in a good place and I can share with everybody yeah that right now. So I think yeah. that maybe it was just not the timing yeah. of the lord that we had to wait
0: yeah. well i love you very much i
1: love you thank Thanks you for, for having, having me
0: wow 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 just re-listening to that re going back over all of that is amazing emotional but amazing and I pray with everything in me that it blessed you. I pray that it encouraged you. I pray that, like I said before, if you are someone who needs to be reminded that your God heals and that he still works miracles, I pray that after listening to this episode today, you are reminded of that and that you are filled with fresh hope to know that that is who he is you know, I needed that reminder. I need that reminder. I have uh, people that are in great need of, of healing and a miraculous touch. And so it's, it's encouraging me today. So I pray that it does you also. And I hope and pray that, as it encourages you and as it stirs and fills you with fresh hope that you are pushed closer to Jesus through it and because of it, so I hope you all have a fantastic week. Uh, reach out to Heather, let her know how thankful you are for her life and for her, she really is just joy and she loves people so well and so beautifully and Um, she just is such a blessing to every single person she comes in contact with. So reach out and show her some love today or whenever it is that you listen to this podcast and I hope you have a fantastic week and I will join you back here next week for a new episode of pour it out.